0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Howie Marlin here with you again on the Sober Network podcast. I have um, w- with us as a guest today, Mike Sigovich, and um, we met because I've been uh, he, he's involved with the Mountainside, um, a treatment center in, in Canaan, Connecticut, and have to say that it's been one of my favorite places to work with. The folks that I have been engaged with rave about it. Um, I I think at this point, let me just march in. Hi, good morning,
1: Mike. (laughs) Good morning, Howie. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Is it snowing yet out by you?
1: It's not. It's actually, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit of Indian summer today, which is great. um, After the podcast, I'm heading up to a a grand opening of a program in Gardner. Um, uh, It's a farm, actually, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, this new location. Um, And and really just understand a little bit more about this program. Um, and that's about it for today.
0: Okay. Well, listen, you know, here we are in New England. I'm here in Massachusetts. And, um, hey, brother, have have the acorns been falling like there's no tomorrow out by you? Like
1: yes. Yeah. They definitely have, which um, I hope doesn't indicate that we're going to have a hell of a winter this year. Oh, yes, it does.
0: <laughs> oh, brother, I'm telling you, get that snowblower out. Yep. All right. Hey, so listen, man. Tell me what's why is this? Wh- why did you go to work for this company? What's some of your background? Give me a little bit of who you are and why you ended up doing this facocca business. Here.
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. So I, you know, I came up to the upper northwest corner of Connecticut. I grew up in Newtown, by the way. Um, most people, you know, when I say that, uh, people connect Sandy Hook, and uh, it's really unfortunate because Newtown is such a beautiful town, and. Um, just a lot of great history, uh, school systems are amazing. Um, you know, and I developed, uh, some lifelong friends there, uh, that I still connect with today. Um, but that one event, uh, has really put a stain on, you know, our history, uh, in Newtown. And, um, and I remember, <coughs> you know, vividly that day. And, um, you know, it's, it's just something that I'll never forget, but, uh, it also, um, you know, Newtown was a place where I, you know, I did a lot of what I did, you know, when I was, uh, you know, an active um, alcoholic and addict. So um, moving up to the upper Northwest corner, I went to treatment in Sharon, Connecticut for, it was a long-term uh, treatment program. And I started um, really just to, to do the work that was necessary to, to move forward in my own recovery. I had been a, a chronic relapser for quite a few years and you know, I just, uh, for whatever reason, it didn't connect. I I met a lot of people. I had a lot of friends in recovery, but the upper Northwest corner was really what saved me. And working with a clinician um, on a weekly basis um, for seven and a half months uh, really, you know, moved me, you know, or I turned the corner, I guess is the best way to put it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and my background was always business. I was an executive recruiter. I, um, you know, I was a mortgage broker. So I but I love to cook. So while I was at, uh, in treatment, I, I worked in the kitchen. The, the guests or the clients, uh, they call them, would really run the facility. Uh, you were either on maintenance uh, or the grounds or you were in the kitchen. And and I just, I, I love food and I, I love the intensity of working in a kitchen. And so um, that's what I did. I ended up going to um, another program. Um, I didn't live there. I worked at this program and worked in their uh, kitchen for about 15 months. and And I loved it. Um, and unfortunately I had a relapse 22 months after that, um, that, that treatment episode, Mm. but it wasn't long. It was a couple of days. I got back on the horse and, uh, it's been wonderful ever since. Um, and that was, you know, December, early December of 2014. And, um, I ended up working at a private school and that's where I really, uh, cut my, you know, cut my teeth in, in the cooking world. I was thrown into a role that, um, you know, I was underqualified for, and I just had to figure it out. And I did. And I loved it. Um, The problem was, it was a private school, and they only, you know, they're open nine months out of the year. So you get furloughed for three or four months. And, and the benefits were not that great. And I've, I had always known about Mountainside, I, I had been to meetings there, I know, people, I, I knew people that worked there. And, um, saw a position open up and, um, and I joined Mountainside, uh, working in their kitchen and I spent two years and, and I loved it. I made all the desserts, uh, at Mountainside and, and I supported our chefs and, um, it was, it was a tremendous experience. So I, I reached a point though, where I really wanted to, to work with our clients and, and, um, be, re- be a part of the direct care staff and a case management role opened up where, uh, our case managers um, are solely responsible for all the aftercare planning that goes on uh, at Mountside, and and I fell in love with the role. I got to you know work with a caseload of sixteen clients, uh, get to know all the providers that we refer to for aftercare, um, you know extended care programs, uh, sober livings with optional clinical intensive outpatient programs, uh, PHP programs, uh, therapists, psychiatrists, you name it. Um, wellness studios, we would <clears throat> really provide, you know, um both clinical and non-clinical um, you know, aftercare recommendations for all our clients. And uh and so I worked uh, with three clinicians at Mountainside. I was assigned to them. Um and it was great. I really got to see the interworkings of of how our clinical staff operates and, you know, and sitting every day at the 830 meeting and, and discussing uh, you know certain clients and cases and um, I just tried to absorb as much as I could and um, and learn really um, all the different nuances and it was fascinating um, and then this territory opened up uh, in Boston in northern New England for uh, in business development and I thought it was an opportunity to really work with families and and work more on the front end and getting you know their loved ones into treatment uh, mm-hmm. rather than have the uh, sometimes huge task of <laughs> of gently leading our clients down the road or the path of continuing their care and and doing more work uh, after they leave us at mountainside. Um, so business development, I've been in this role now for two years. Uh, I've met some amazing uh, folks in the Boston metro area uh, in Vermont, in New Hampshire, uh, Maine, and Rhode Island, which are my territories and
0: you've skipped over quite you, you've really brought us up to speed and it's funny you said you've never done a podcast before i'm going to tell you you're one of the best self-directed interviewees i've ever had uh it's really kind of cool
1: um i appreciate it, that well yeah no i just I wanted to add a little context uh just to kind of you know show that um you know i don't know if you want to call it progression or or just um you know my um my development within Mountainside and, and how I came to to be in this role today. And um, and, and what it took to get to this point, um, which was a lot of hard work and, and uh, you know, and I just feel fortunate and lucky to work for such an amazing organization, um, you know, Mountainside is.
0: Let me tell you, let me tell you that your journey is nothing short of a, a truly impressive success story. Your journey, you, you the, the, it's interesting. You marched us through your engagement with substances, <clears throat> your passion for cooking, which led you to an opportunity at this facility. And then you getting involved with, you know, <clears throat> being part of the milieu brought you up to speed and found that you had an affinity for that. You're, um, you know, you're a biz div guy. And the thing about your sales background was perfect creating relationships, understanding the needs of the clinicians, people like me. Um, Mm -hmm. I forgot at my introduction, I'm a licensed therapist, I'm a certified interventionist, and I'm a recovery coach professional. So I've, you know, I'm sort of touching all these worlds. And to just bring everyone else up to speed, my work Also, uh, besides working with the individuals through the therapeutic process of returning to sanity, there are opportunities to get assistance from facilities like yours. And the big big challenge that folks like I have is matching the psychic state or the emotional position the person is or their station in life with a facility where there will be as few obstacles to engagement as possible. And there are certainly some facilities where if you're working inner city, you'll be working with inner city kids and people who speak a language very different from that of corporate executives, pilots, doctors, uh, things like that. And um, tell me, if you were to uh, describe Mountainside to the uninitiated as far as a treatment facility is concerned, let her rip. Hi, how you doing, Mike? Tell me about my
1: Side. <laughs> I mean, I I I really start off, you know, start off by saying, you know, we're a highly intensive clinical program and we balance that with our, our wellness uh activities. Uh, where, you know, the 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 vision, you know, our founders had was to create a, a holistic program and treat the mind, body, and spirit. And and that's just what we, you know, do today. Um and, you know, we want to you know, a lot of folks that come into treatment they've never worked with an in- individual therapist. Uh, they don't understand the dynamics that exist, and we want to really kind of uh, jumpstart that uh, therapeutic relationship with our clients and our clinicians. So, you know, our clinicians are doing multiple sessions of individual therapy, you know, per week, um, which allows them to get to know our clients much much more uh, intimately and and to really develop a strong bond and relationship and and and. The, the whole process of building trust and, and gaining that trust with our clients to, you know, to re- really be able to, you know, peel the layers, you know, back and and, and look at some of the core, you know, core issues uh, that need to be addressed. Um, and- Let's
0: address them. Hold on a second. Let me jump in. All right. I have a client. He runs a business. You know, it, it's a, a small family business, but still he, he needs to get his addiction addressed. There's no two ways about it. <clears throat> However, um, how do you address the needs of someone in a position who needs to stay engaged during treatment?
1: You know that's a great question, and uh, and that's why we've created a, a couple of residential suites for those <coughs> particular clients that a need a little extra privacy, but b need to have a finger on the pulse of what's happening. You know at at work. Um, you know w- whether they're running their own business or they have a you know, a senior level, you know, executive position at a Fortune, you know, 100 multinational corporation, um, you know, we have the ability to provide an environment where, you know, they can still maintain contact with the folks that they need to maintain contact with, um, while at the same time, you know, engage in our program and, and, you know, hopefully get the most out of it. So when they do leave, you know, they have a firm foundation. Um, uh, But more importantly, uh, you know, they have that ability to to be able to communicate, um, you know, with their folks if they need to.
0: Okay. I appreciate that very much. There are, Certain facilities, who, when you enter, there's a period, there's a grace period, a quiet period, a quiet time where the client gets acclimated to your environment, gets to know the players, gets to feel the milieu and understand uh, and find their place. Um, Then the therapeutic process takes place. So, let me ask you do you allow uh, phones access to their cell phone or computer?
1: Um, if they are in one of our, uh, either the detox suite or the, the residential suites, they um, they do have access to their electronics. Um, we are, you know, really um, <laughs> we'd rather folks not use their electronics. And uh, for the about ninety, you know, eight percent of our clients uh, don't have access to their personal electronics. Uh, there are various scenarios that do uh, arise where somebody needs to, um, you know, file unemployment. So we will designate, you know, maybe a Sunday for them to to use their personal cell phone, or, you know, they have to have contact with, um, you know, it could be an attorney, it could be work, it could be a whole host of different um, things. And we'll uh, maybe carve out a half hour, um, three times a week after clinical hours for that individual to access their um, to have access to their uh, personal electronics, whether it's a tablet or a, a cell phone or or laptop, um, but for the most part, we want our, you know, we want our clients to to really focus on themselves and take the opportunity that's in front of them to to really explore and 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 dive into their own recovery and 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 learn more about themselves. Um, Very good. And also, and also yeah, you go, know, ahead. go Understand ahead. that you know they they've got a lot more in the tank than they believe they do, you know, and that's something that we try to do at Mountside is just to show, you know, it's not all about, you shouldn't do this, this and that it's okay. We'll look at the liabilities, but you also have, you know, your core assets that we also need to highlight as well. And, um, you know, and I think it's a really cool process to watch, you know, the lights go on and people start to really engage in treatment and realize that I can, you know, all that stuff on the outside, it's always going to be waiting for me <laughs> when I get out. So why not just uh, really take this opportunity and dive in and get the most out of our program? And, and the majority of our, our clients do that, which is amazing. Which
0: is why I refer so many folks to you. By the way, of course, what you're talking about is a process of assessment, engagement, matching people um, to... Uh, <clears throat> be able to allow them to be in touch with the challenges. You're speaking of a process which most treatment centers will follow through with. Um, There's nothing unusual about that. I will tell you, Michael, that one of the things that I found tremendously, uh, uh, it caught my attention that your staff would call me and fill me in. Your staff mm-hmm. would send emails with updates and then follow up with calls. And yes. I have to say that if I had uh, on my my bullet list of requests when I uh, re, uh, refer someone to a treatment center, what I need is – by the way, my role, not just an interventionist. I don't let go of the client once they're placed at a treatment center. The way I approach life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is helping them through the process. And part of that process is going for, of course, detoxifying and then trying to get the motions together to do this thing we called rehabilitation. And in the process of it, a facility like yours will match a person's, like I said at the onset, their station in life, their position, their responsibilities. And the one thing that I haven't heard from clients who've been at Mountainside was feelings of not being paid attention, not being listened to, not being medically hovered over. Quite to the opposite. At Mountainside, they are Tended to, they're engaged with a number of clinicians, so that even if one or two of the other clinicians in their world of treatment are busy, they have someone to go to. This is critically important because when I meet folks who have come back from a treatment center and they start to share with me the various, <clears throat> uh, the deficits the, 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 missed opportunities, I think is the way to put it. Yes. It breaks my heart because my role with them after they're discharged from the facility is to facilitate the treatment that the treatment center had started, helping the person continue to be grounded, find responsibility, act responsibly, and do all those um, growth steps. And I will tell you that there have been a number of facilities over the last few years, which, well, let's just say that I'm really glad that we're talking this morning. Now, let me jump to a completely different subject for a moment. Sure. How are you folks dealing with COVID? What's your entrance
1: protocol? So we um, that's a great question. Um So all our clients are tested before they walk through the doors uh, with a rapid PCR, and we can get the results back in 15 to 20 minutes. Once that's negative, we bring them on the detox unit. uh, We start the assessments, uh, the biopsychosocial. Hold on uh, a second.
0: Let me stop you. So when the client first enters your real estate, are they in quarantine for that period? Is there a separate trailer or facility?
1: No, no. Once Once the negative test comes back, then you know, we literally start the intake process and get them on the detox unit. However, we do swab them again while they're in detox. Uh, and that test does go to a lab. Um, so they'll go through their detox protocol. The test will probably come back in 48 to 72 hours and we'll know that, okay, that's, you know, so far so good. We've got two negative tests and, and then they're ready if they're staying with us and going over to our residential program, which is uh, a 35 day program. And it's uh, um, set up into, into two phases of five day. a
0: five days. Hold on. Hold on. I want you to share that with us. But the reason why I'm breaking this down into palatable pieces
1: mm-hmm. is
0: the process of entry during COVID has been a real cluster. I have lost clients who oh, are yeah. to treatment centers and they're put in uh, I don't want to say anything which would identify a treatment center. They've left AMA before they entered. Yeah. And one of the more impressive statements you just made was you're not trusting the initial test you're retesting. So false results can be mitigated. Absolutely. Really impressed. Go ahead and tell us about the treatment programs.
1: So, so yeah. So that once they, they get into detox, um, you know, our, our detox unit is it's, it's, it's very nice, uh, appointed rooms. Uh, a standard room is, uh, two full-size beds, uh, with, uh, um, your own bathroom attached, um, with a 55 inch flat screen TV. Um, you know, everybody gets a white robe, slippers and pajamas and, uh, and they usually hang out in their robes for the (laughs) most of the time that they're in detox. Um, but they begin that, um, you know, they begin to develop that th- therapeutic relationship, and and they begin to work with the you know a clinician and a case manager while they're on the detox unit. Uh, we have clinical groups as well. We have ocular acupuncture. We have yoga that's brought into our detox unit. So we try to you know get them moving. Um, but we do know that you know in some cases uh, are more severe than others, where a client will just want to be in you know stay in bed, and and that's totally fine. Uh, Those, you know, those groups are not mandatory, uh, but we highly encourage, um, you know, all our clients on the detox unit to engage. Um,
0: Let me jump jump in now. All right. So the clients completed their detox and now they are um, being brought into the second phase, the Mm -hmm. treatment program. Walk me through um, a standard day. Don't you don't need to be specific, but give me an idea of what a standard day of engagement at Mountainside can be like. I know they're different for everyone, but give me a run through.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, so what happens um, is our our clients will transfer over to what's called Residential West, and it's a five day orientation and uh, pause program. The acronym for post acute withdrawal syndrome. And it's an additional five days to to really to rest and relax. But more importantly, it's an opportunity for our clients to really understand, <clears throat> excuse me, what you know they're going to be doing when they transfer over to what's called Residential East, and that's our 30-day program. Um, so during that five days, they get another PCR test uh, administered, uh, which is sent out to a lab, um, and if that's negative, then they can move on. Uh, to what's you know what I identified as residential east but even while they're in residential west they're they're meeting with their clinician Uh, they have a clinician at you know at at residential west Um, they're learning about all the different uh, um, groups that we have they're assigned a clinical pathway that's appropriate for them based on their history of use Um, any um, you know Uh, trauma or or PTSD, um, any co-occurring disorders that uh, might be present that need to be looked at further. Um, So, you know, we really do try to, you know, at, you know, that juncture identify what is the appropriate clinical pathway for this particular client and then individualize a treatment plan accordingly. So somebody in their first treatment episode that has no experience um, at a residential treatment facility versus somebody who has multiple relapse, extensive trauma in their history, they're going to be on a very different track and, and their experiences are going to be very different. Um, so when they get over to residential lease, that's when, you know, they hit the ground running and that's when they're doing up to eight hours a day of, of programming. And it's, you know, individual therapy, it's small clinical groups. We, we break down, um, our milieu into small clinical groups. Um, you know, professionals will probably be Linked together because the collaboration, the life experience, um, you know, they can feed off each other. Whereas a 22 year old um, opiate addict um, will probably be clustered with uh, some other young adults, so they can um, collaborate in their small clinical groups, um, gender specific as well. Uh, same thing with um, you know our, our, our female um, clients. So you know they'll they'll uh, attend groups that are assigned to their clinical pathway. Um, They'll do multiple individual therapy sessions a week. Uh, they'll meet with their case managers to start the process of developing their aftercare plans. They'll meet with their family wellness clinician once a week to um, begin the uh, process of uh, looking at the family system. We try to treat the family system in a parallel process. You know, while their loved one is with us at, at Mountainside. Um, and pre-COVID, we were doing two uh, family wellness workshops. You know, a month where the families would come on campus and and for two days, um, you know, really explore the family system and and dynamics and, and provide some education, um, you know, develop healthy boundaries, uh, positioning the family appropriately. So um, if there's any, you know, toxicity within the, uh, you know, the home environment, we want to address that, you know, as you well know, I mean, it's, it's always a question that we ask, what's it like at home? Um, Because, you know, if there are a lot of red flags and, And you know, potential landmines at home. It's it's not going to be, you know, an easy process to trans transition from outside, you know, home, and and maintain sobriety. Um, It's very difficult.
0: Let me allow me to jump in. Absolutely, Michael, you have put your finger on the pulse of one of the major bones of contention that I have had with treatment protocol since I've been involved in this endeavor. In this In in employment opportunity here. Uh, Listen to me tripping over my words. Um, The family systems, what good is helping somebody when you throw them right back into the piranha pool? It's it's no good. You throw them back into all their triggers, all the manipulators, all of the codependency, all of the issues. If you ignore that, uh, you need to have Uh, you need to be Superman. You really do need to be Superman. And I don't know anybody who is a Superman and the odds of succeeding through that. So thank you very much for pointing that out. And I wanted to take a second to pause and let folks who are listening understand, yes, absolutely, without a doubt, you must look at the family systems. You must engage the family. There's always the identified patient when it comes to a family group. And more often than not, those are the people we get to meet. More often than that, though, there are more than one identified patient in a family. And these things tend to swirl around. So if you can stop the momentum, if you can break the cycle if you can engage other folks, we'll find the treatment the individual is getting migrates out to their world and the family also heals together. They've got shared experiences, shared right. resources, shared contacts, and good for you. I'm getting goosebumps because, brother, it works. And when it doesn't happen,
1: brother, it, it sucks.
0: It doesn't work.
1: So- uh, I'm, yeah, absolutely. And and that's why our recovery coaching program is uh, is a great tool. We have family recovery coaching. We have, you know, we can do, do it virtually. Um, we have free uh, family support groups, uh, so you don't have to be a Mountside alumni. Uh, it's it's open to anybody that wants to, you know, participate in a group to learn more about how they, you know, can sway a loved one into treatment, or 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 maybe look at the family as a whole um and it got so big that we had to break it down to <clears throat> we have now a you know a, um you know a couple's uh support group as well as a family support group so Love it. Uh, yeah so we i, I mean that's- and that's where i hope you know the addiction treatment world you know really starts to to migrate to is looking at the the family system treating the family system and um you know and be, and you know, and looking at it as a whole, because it is, it's, I mean, it's an organism that has to be uh, addressed um, from top to bottom, left to right. And, and there's no question about that. Um, And I'm, I I really, you know, and Bruce Deckard, I have to throw his name out there. Um, He's been in, he's been doing this a long time and he's, he's been instrumental in really uh, developing our family program.
0: Um, I'm sorry. What's his name?
1: Bruce Deckard
0: and what's his position?
1: He's a senior family wellness clinician. Um, he's been in the, the addiction treatment world, um, treating families for 35 years. And, uh, he's worked at some, you know, some, some very, very, very good programs across the country. And, uh, and he's brought his expertise. Uh, he brought it to Mountside about 12, 13 years ago, and we're lucky to have him. And he's got a great staff and, you know, uh, um you know they're they're they're, yeah, I mean, he's he's somebody that I go to, and whenever I have tours and bring um, you know, it could be anybody, it could be a, an IOP program, it could be another treatment center, it could be a uh, private practice therapist, psychiatrist, I always stop in Bruce's office, uh, and it's always a productive conversation because I want to highlight our family program uh, at mountainside, and know oh, I think it's a key component, you know, for the loved one that's with us to, you know, also bring that, um, you know, that element into their, you know, their, their treatment episode. And, um, but it's not for everybody, unfortunately, and not all our clients want to engage the family, um, you know, but I think we have a really good success rate in in you know, in gently uh, leading our clients to making that decision. That's, you know, that's going to be really not just beneficial for the family, but themselves, uh, you know, probably more so. And, and especially if they're going back to an environment that, you know, may or may not be, uh, you know, conducive to maintaining their sobriety.
0: But the important thing is that you're broaching the subject, you're engaging the client, inviting the family. More often than not, you'll have at least one or two family members who will be engaging to one degree, if not the whole group. And of course, let's not forget, change takes time. And motivational interviewing, getting people inspired to change, takes time so more often than not you may find those among the group are resistant but that resistance will lower when they see success in the family members so i just want to remind everyone here what you said one size fits all bullshit that's nonsense um multiple pathways to recovery brother and you you know just got to throw the big net out there and see what they respond to i tell people i chum with all kinds of bait seriously well that's, well, what, that's what we're doing go
1: Absolutely. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's, um, I mean, you hear a lot about individualized treatment, but uh, who's really executing and who's doing it. And that's, you know, and that's what I encourage all families to do is to explore and ask the right questions um, and, and really determine what treatment center is going to be most appropriate for your loved one. And, you know, and it's, um, and there are, there are a lot of players out in this you know, in this uh, treatment landscape and, and it's it's important to find you know the right treatment center that is going to really be the most impactful to to your loved one. And Mountainside might not be that that one. Um, Wait, let me stop you. Thank you. One of the most impressive... Now,
0: listen, dude, I've been at this for a while. I'm, I'm a member of AIS, the Association of Intervention Specialists. We have, you know, there's a hundred of us, right? And we all talk to each other about treatment centers. Why? It's in the nature of our business to send people to treatment. Well, mm-hmm. geez, my, I couldn't believe my ears. Early on, I'm talking to somebody, not you. I'm talking to somebody at Mountainside about a particular client. And they said, you know, Doesn't look like it's going to be a match, but here's where we recommend. Yes. Boom. Mind blown. You mean this company, this facility, this financial institution was willing to say, yeah, it ain't going to work here. Here's an idea for you. Well, what that did was build my trust in you guys to truly a a very high rate. Now, you're not the only facility I feel uh, this way about. There are... Um, quite a few now who are rising up. That's, and let's just yeah. take a moment because we're getting close to the end of our allotted time. But there's been a lot of change over the last 20 years from mm-hmm. little, you know, shoebox facilities where you would store people for a few weeks and wish them lots of luck. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, we have this thing called, I don't know, what is it called? Um Kivid, Kivid, Yeah, Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. This thing that just fucked up our world and really just messed up our country and Mm -hmm. has really thrown a monkey wrench in almost every angle of our existence. Brother, it will take generations with an S to get over this crap. And I'm just really thrilled that during the time of development that I've experienced in my work, I've watched facilities grow and morph into matching the psychic needs of our culture at the time. Give Mountainside the Cupid doll By the way, I'm inviting any other treatment center who m- thinks that they'll match my heart to reach out to me and you better believe I'll get you on the show. I've got a bunch of you that are lined up and there are folks who have come to me who I've never heard of, but I just want everyone to understand the reason why I'm having Michael on the show today is this is a representation of a truly well-oiled machine. I know anybody that puts money into building one of these facilities is trying to emulate this, trying to do that. But the odds of actually pulling it off, pulling it off well, pulling it off consistently, consistently is a bit of a bitch. But you guys have pulled it off. So, um, Michael, let me ask you again. So I send someone to you and they're deep into alcohol. They're a fifth a day. They've been at it for years. Now, let me ask you this. Is one month enough? Uh, that's a great question.
1: Um, You know, and and I'm, (laughs) I'm working with a close friend of mine who, you know, drinks probably more than that. And, uh, you know, and I tell the family he needs to be in treatment for a year and, uh, and and it could be, you know, it could be, you know, stabilized with detox, uh, residential, a 30 day program, maybe even an extended care program where they're, you know, in sober living and doing, uh, you know, intensive outpatient Maybe stepping down to you know an outpatient relapse prevention group, but cycling you know through the different step down levels of care, doing continuing individual therapy throughout, you know, you know how, for however long, um, and then you know coupled with building a sober network, um, going to AA, NA, whatever works, Smart Recovery, Refuge Recovery, but just building that network, um, I really believe it takes a year, especially somebody that's a hardcore alcoholic and you know and and i i in my own experience post acute withdrawal syndrome i i probably had symptoms for probably over a year um they they became more subtle but my awareness you know was there and i could still you know you know the brain fog and and everything else it takes a while um for everything to come back and but if you put one foot in front of the other you have good people surround you know that surround you that you know call you out on your bullshit I mean, that's, that's what you need. And uh, but I think there has to be a strong clinical component, um, you know, coupled with, you know, with 12 step with smart with whatever works. And, and, and that's it. it. It's not it's 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 not rocket science. It's oh, wait not a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's not
0: rocket science. Yeah. But You have to embrace the concept of it took you years to get to this point. What do you think? A month is going to fix you. It's going to change everything. What are you out of your fucking mind? No. No, no, it takes time. You need to learn new systems. You need to replace old habits. You need to titrate the addiction out as you do during detox and then increase new systems, new habits, new customs and ways to address it. And then you need to weave it into your fabric of your daily life and everybody else in your life. I take clients on out of treatment and I tell them we're engaged for a year. It's going to be 12 months of you and me, baby. I do need for you to be engaged. You need to go to a self help program. You need to 90 and 90. Fuck 90 and 90. Why stop at 90? I don't get why you need to stop at 90. What I'm asking you to do, right? You don't. What I'm asking you to do is remain engaged till you've adopted these new systems that now dominate your thought. The dreams are gone, the habits are reduced to fond memories. And that's, you can. Now, yeah. And you can now be like you. Look at you. Look at you. You know, you, you went from being a cook and I'm thinking Heisenberg, right? You went from being a cook to uh, that was a Breaking Bad reference yeah, yeah. to, to you know, being a, a cook in mountainside and, and rising up and above it. By the way, some of the most successful clients from my early days,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I uh, had them go to treatment. Uh, one was for 18 months. And when people asked why, I said, look at him. Look at this guy. Yeah. Whole, happy, healthy, engaged, purposeful, at peace, motivated, loving. Do any of these words describe your loved one? Well, they should, because this is what we have in us. We are loving in spite of political strife. We are engaging because we have our own self-image to uphold the healthy image. And these things take time. Also, one last thing I want to bring up, as I do often, you know, the road to the return to sanity, I call it, is zigzag. There's hardly anyone that does, oh, yeah, I'm going to get sober today. Boom. And never has another drink, another snort, another boot.
1: Yeah, God bless those people. They, they do exist, but they're few and far between.
0: And They are. So yeah. you know, uh, there's a client I'm working with who was just so brokenhearted to report that they had uh, slipped. And I, I asked when they said last Thursday. And I go, how much you go half a glass of wine? I go. And what happened after that? She goes, I threw it all out. And it's like, and she goes, and nothing. That was it. I go. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to welcome to sanity. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Absolutely. And instead of making them feel like shit, I fill them with strength and love and, and appreciation for the where they've come, how far they've come and what they've done. And one little thing like that, uh, that's dipping your toes in the pool just to see if this works for you anymore. And of yeah. course, you know, more often than not, because they're convinced it doesn't. So, uh, Michael, and the few uh, we got about uh, a few minutes left. Um, anything you want to share before we wrap up?
1: Not really. I mean, I, I, am just, uh, thank you for having me. Um, I, um, this has been a, you know, Lunch baby. Great. I'm yeah. coming
0: up there and you're buying me lunch or you're going to make me lunch. Oh, I don't no, know.
1: I, I to. I, I, you know, we need to get into our extended care program, but our extended care clients work down at the mountainside cafe. It's a standalone restaurant that the town loves it. it <laughs> it's amazing. And, uh, that's exactly that's where I'm going to take you. Um, yeah, I, um, it, it, it's great, but I've loved your, you have an open invitation, Howie. So just let me know when you want to come and, and uh, we'll, and, we'll and we'll I do appreciate you. that. And, and yeah. for those
0: of you listening, you should know that the, the, the invitation has been extended and during COVID I've really limited my travel, yeah. uh, but I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, you already gave a shout out to Bruce, uh, give me Bruce's name and his position and anybody else you want to mention, go ahead. You got five minutes, go.
1: But, uh, uh, Bruce Deckard, who's, uh, you know, he, yeah, I guess you could say he's the nucleus of our family wellness program. Uh, he's a senior clinician uh, at Mountainside. Um, gosh, there are so many people. Uh, big shout out to my uh, my boss, uh, Sarah Varelli, Dave McGinnis, uh, uh, two folks that I look up to uh, in business development that have really helped mold me into um, the business development associate that, that, that I am today, um, Jessica D'Angelo, uh, she's like everybody's right arm um, in our on our team. And then we've got, uh, you know, some great new team members that have joined us. Um, Carly Lowe, uh, Karen Curtin, um, Eric Goldstein, um, and then Maddie Blomquist, who, uh, who's down in New Jersey, who's the man, um, who's taught me a lot as well. So uh, we really have a, a tremendously collaborative group. Um, gosh, I hope I didn't forget anybody. Um, <laughs> Uh, John Jones, uh, okay. who manages admissions and our continuing care team. Um, you know, he's, he really, um, whenever I have a case and, you know, I, I go to John and I say, listen, I don't think they can afford our private pay rate. What can we do? And John is one of, uh, he, he just will do anything to help people get into, to mountainside and, and, and we, we didn't really want
0: stepped on you. What's John's last name?
1: John Jones, he's our VP of Business Affairs. Uh, so he oversees admissions, everybody that's coming into treatment, and he also oversees our continuing care team. You know, all the referrals that that go out from Mountainside to all our you know friends in the industry that, that we partner with, that are extensions of Mountainside um, that operate with the same level, you know, of, of uh, integrity, enthusiasm, excitement, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, there we just we have a lot of really great friends uh, in the industry that. That we partner with, and and you being one of them, Howie, it's uh, you know it, it's you have to work with good people, and um, and we do a great job of vetting and and, and making that determination. Well, let me know
0: if you find any.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, hey, listen, uh, thank you very much, Michael. I just wanted let me take over and we'll bug out now. Um, I want to thank everyone for your patience and understanding as we get this new podcast back up to speed. Certainly appreciate your insight. Um, please do chime in, in our chat um, and yeah. log uh, down by us at uh, the sober network.com um, on behalf of uh, everyone from the Sober Network, on behalf of Michael Sigovich and Mountainside Treatment Center. Um, this is Howie Marlin. I sure wish you well. Be safe. Thank you. All right, brother.
1: Take care. It was an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much, Howie.
0: All right. Now you stay with me. I'm going to turn off the podcast,
1: but we'll talk after. All right, everybody. Yeah. One more shout back. out real quick. Sarah sure. Ross, uh, she covers our Fairfield County and Westchester County territories. I forgot to mention she's on our team. She's been a, a huge help to me in my development. And I, I did not want to forget that she's amazing. I love that. That's all I have to say.
0: What's her name again?
1: Thea Ross. Thea Desario Ross. <laughs>
0: Wonderful. Good for you. Not bad for a first time podcast. All right, folks. Yeah. Well, we? you probably have to speak a little bit, but uh, we'll get better as we uh, as we move along. You know, we do. We do. And that's the one thing I could say for certain. So um, leading into the holiday season, I wish everybody to be safe out there. Just remember, you know, you take care of yourself, but more importantly, you take care of others. All right, folks, much love. See you next time. Howie out.